Hi, this is Kalia. And this is Chris. And this is It's, it's a, a Queer thing. thing. On this show, we focus on politics, civil rights, news, and entertainment. And on this show, we have special guests and interviews focusing on issues relevant to the LGBTQ plus community. So let's get to it. Happy Pride, Chris. Happy Pride. We're almost there. Almost One there. One more day. <laughs> By the time most people will be listening to this episode, Fresno it'll Pride. It'll be here. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be here. It'll have come and it'll gone. But of course, the whole month of June is Pride. And there's lots of Pride stuff happening all over the state, all over the country, um, all over the world. Is June Pride Month all over the world or is it just an American thing? Well, it's all over the world for the most part, but there are places to do it different times. But yeah, I, I think it's pretty much, I mean, it's definitely an American thing because of Stonewall, but um, mm-hmm. I think it's been taken up by other countries as well. And I, I'd have to research that, but I'm not going to. Let's just say it is. Let's just say it is. Yes. Pride might be just in June, but I think Pride is all year round. And I have been happily wearing, I got a Pride hat. It just, it's black ball cap it just says pride on it and i have been wearing it um since early may when it came in the mail <laughs> so yeah, i wore in fact on uh when we did the play-by-play at the game on saturday i had a t-shirt on that said drag is not a crime and i had a pride baseball cap with a pride american flag on it and and then i got a pride uh t-shirt too and i've got a shirt for for pride uh you know public pride out in the parade and festival very cool Okay, well, I know that people are probably tuning in because of how we've promoted this uh, episode. And of course, because it's Pride, we want to start off with an interview that we did with Juan and Gabby, who run Vibes Lounge right there in the tower. And you're going to hear from them about their amazing restaurant and what they're doing for Pride. So let's swoop on into that. Let's just start with telling us who you are and what you do. My name is Juan and I have my sister here, Gabby. We both are the owners of Vibes Lounge. Wonderful. And that's right in the tower next to Fab, right? Yes, correct. Yes. And listeners, you have to know that I know all about Vibes because they are a wonderful, wonderful sponsor of Kickball. And I think we should start a drinking game, Chris, where everybody has to take a shot every time I say Kickball because I feel like... (laughs) Because I would be drunk off my ass every Zoom meeting we have. (laughs) Exactly. But we love hanging out at Vibes after Kickball. We're happy for your sponsorship. So besides sponsoring Kickball, what else do you guys do in the community? Specifically, if you could talk about the drag brunches that you do, that would be great. Yes. So as far as the community, we do host a drag brunch the first Sunday of every month in which we allow, you know, different participants to to perform for our community and allowing some entertainment in the Tower District. And we are definitely proud. Uh, we are honored to be in the Tower District because we've gotten a lot of support for, for the drag brunch. And uh, we, we will definitely continue to to host these events as, as long as our community Let's us do them. Um, they're super fun. And yeah, we love it. We love to get everyone involved. Okay, so tell us how you came to the decision to do Drag Brunch and how you connected with uh, Leilani and other people to do Drag Brunches. 
I'm familiar with Leilani. So um, we came together and we kind of thought of a wild idea to to do a brunch. I mean, I've, I've seen it like, you know, when you go down to L.A. or to San Francisco and Vegas, they all have these brunches. And so, uh, you know, we partnered up and we're like, hey, this is a wild thought. Let's see if we can pull it off. And I mean, it's it started slow, but it's been picking up. We've been selling it this year. Thankfully, it's, we've been selling it out every every month. Wow. It's been very successful. Um, Leilani's a very staple, like she's a big staple in the Fresno LGBTQ plus community. And um, I feel that she she has um, gotten a lot of support, you know, and uh, she has a big following. So it's it's been very successful for us. For sure. You get Leilani in your corner and you can do oh, anything. Oh, yeah, you can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I I love that as dramatic as Leilani is that you called her a staple. She won't like that, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> staple, so, not stable. I have stable. a lot of respect no. for her. Like, I mean, I, I have a, like an extreme respect for her because, you know, she, she, she does get involved with the community. She's not just a you know, a look queen or just a club, yeah. you know, she, she does, she's much more than that. She's so creative and she's, she's brought in a lot to, to our community. So tell us, has there been any pushback against the drag brunches or any of your stuff that goes on at Vibes? Or are you pretty safe from that being right there in the tower next to Fab? I believe so. I I believe since, you know, we are in the tower community and everybody is familiar with, you know, the inclusivity of, of the tower district. You know, I feel like like we haven't had much pushback at all. I think we're we're very open to to everyone. Um, we're not necessarily, you know, LGBTQ plus club, but we we're very inclusive to anyone and everyone, you know. So that's why we 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 like to welcome anybody to our establishment. Pride is coming up. Are you concerned? I don't know what you guys have planned for Pride, but oh, are you concerned? Go ahead. Tell me. Tell us know, what you have planned. <laughs> we're big on decorations, so you know we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have uh, you know all pride everywhere. You know, so we're gonna have rainbow flags, and you know we're we're big and we 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 support it, and uh, we're big in the community too. We like to express our support. Aren't you guys having an event? Yeah, you're having a couple pride events, right? Yes, Friday we're having a lesbian night at Vibes. On Saturday, we're uh, for the the Pride Parade. Uh, of course, it's going to be right there in Tower. And um, in the evening, we're gonna we're gonna host a drag show with Leilani Price and and a couple of other performers. And then on Sunday, we have our our Sunday brunch. So our Sunday drag brunch, which is held every first Sunday of the month. And in this one will be like a more of a hungover or hangover. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, Sunday brunch <laughs> for sure, for sure. Very cool. It's so going to be a rough weekend, but <laughs> I was leading into Pride, and I'm glad you promoted what you're doing at Pride. But since it's going to be Pride, as you know, uh-huh. the streets that day are flooded with thousands of people and lots of children. So, are you concerned at all? And because of everything that's going on across the country about children being close to your, and I know we're in California and we're relatively safe, but. Are you concerned at all with children being near your business and drag queens? Absolutely not. I think we support it. I mean, that's the right answer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We just like the sound bite. (laughs) Yeah. I don't see why someone would, would be against it. I mean, it's, I think it's very important to be inclusive with your children and be, uh, express your views, you know? And would you guys ever do drag? I I mean, can't see you, but I'm going to hope. That you're oh, smiling I'm... with this question, but you know. <laughs> we have not. No, <laughs> <laughs> we 
no um, um but but we do support it you know so I don't do drag either, and I've been yeah. supporting the drag community for many, many decades. So don't worry about that. No, no, no. It's not a requirement. It's just a funny thought. It's just not a, a bad answer. <laughs> Tell us how you connected with Out Loud Sports and Kickball, and you give these bitches free beers when they lose. <laughs> I'll let Gabby touch up on that. Yeah. So, so with that, I, I met uh, Laura and, you know, it was just kind of, I bumped into her, we connected and she was telling me that she comes from LA and they do kickball over there. And she wanted to bring that to the Fresno community. And I, I, I even joined uh, the first round of kickball. I met a lot of lesbians, a lot of gays, and it was just fun. And it opened doors for, for myself and for the business as far as getting involved with our community and there's just there's just so much more out there sports competitive and and it, I think it's it's definitely great and and I'm I'm actually glad and thankful that we're the we sponsor LL Sports because they're they're doing a great job for the community and allowing other people to join the sports to to you know meet other people that's awesome having that ability to do that well, let me tell you this. My husband, James, and I just started doing color commentary for them last weekend, and we're going to be doing it through the rest of the season. So technically, we're part of the team. And <laughs> if they lose, I assume we can come in and get free beer too, right? Well, I mean, you're not on a <laughs> team that won. Get the free beer. <laughs> we never win. We're color commentary. We always lose, but we, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, and then it's been great. And it has been uh, even it's helped us even promote our food because we do serve food at Vibes and kind of even touching back with, you know, kids being in the Tower District during Pride and our front patio will be setting up tables, food just to watch the parade. So I think that's that definitely brings the community together. Right. And once you eat what that that's that's definitely what brings community together. So if you guys want to support, we will be preserving tables in our front patio. Yeah, I've heard the food is great. I have to say the mini chimneys are my favorite. It's what I get every weekend. And <laughs> during the couple of months between seasons, I was in withdrawal for the mini chimneys. So yes, yeah. highly recommend. I'm hungry now. That's all I, I know. <laughs> well, I want to know what you guys, I mean, obviously we're very queer, so super queer, but what do you guys do otherwise? What are your, what nights and shows and specials do you have outside of the obviously loud queer communities um well we're definitely both very gay <laughs> very <laughs> queer as well yeah so yeah. Oh, okay uh i'm the brother and i'm gay and she's a sister and she's a lesbian so um, oh you just don't do drag okay i didn't know <laughs> i didn't <laughs> do drag yes but we're i mean we're we're local fresno um small business owners that i feel like it definitely is hard to start from scratch you know from a business starting from scratch and so I think, um, you know, being part of the LGBTQ community has has helped us, you know, bring in business, especially being in the Tower District. So I, I don't I don't think we've had any pushback in in terms of like hosting our events, you know, with the, with the drag community and and even, you know, our lesbian nights. But um, for the most part, I, I feel like like, you know, it, it, it's been picking up. It's It's been it's been slow to begin with but um we've definitely had some a lot of support from from everyone which is tell us tell us how you feel about fab and splash being there so the three of you right there in a row that 
Is that a help? Is that a hindrance? How does that go? Well, especially, and I want to piggyback on your question. I'm so sorry, Chris, but you both are very queer, but you said earlier that the Vibes itself wasn't considered a, a gay bar. It's it's a Vibes lounge. So can you can you tell us about that and how it fits in with the fab and the splash and, and yeah. all of the, the whole vibe, the vibe? Well, it's funny, right? Because we're both gay, but I feel like at the same time we've, I mean, personally, I, I've never liked the word les- lesbian. I just, I don't know. I'm just Gabby, right? Um, okay. Even though my, my girlfriend will tell me, Gabby, you're as gay as can be, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just never really wanted to, you know, put a label to myself. And when we came up with vibes, it was, it was a form of communication. It was a form of, we wanted to bring something to tower where it's like, you know what, we're gonna, doesn't matter the color, the race, your ethnicity, um, your preference. It was, we're all going to be in a, you know, in a room and get, get along. And it doesn't matter who you are, as long as we're vibing together. And that's where our concept comes from. So to, to your question, it's no, we don't identify a straight gay or anything. It's just, let's, we're, 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 we're we're just inclusive. We, we, we're open to everyone and we welcome everyone. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Even though you guys already said you were gay and lesbian, we heard it. It's okay. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm Gabby, remember? And then just Juan. <laughs> Gabby and Juan. Okay, it's just Gabby and Juan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's just, I mean, that's part of, you know, how we grew up. We're super traditional. Our parents are super Mexican traditional. And, and we understand, you know, and we respect other people's beliefs. And, um, but we also, we just understand. I, t- I mean, I totally respect that. We need to get to a world where we are just people and we are not identified by right. gender, sexuality, whatever. I think we're probably a long way away from that. But I agree with you that that's where we should we should end up. Yeah. And it doesn't really it doesn't matter. It's just it should be a connection that you feel with someone. Right. Um, and right. Should, it doesn't have to it doesn't matter if a boy has to be with the boy or a boy has to be with the girl or whatever the case may be. It's just, hey, this is who I am. This is. This is the connection that we have. And we want to provide a space where, you know, it's it's inclusive and it's fun and entertaining at the same time for everyone. So do you get, yeah. since you're in the tower, obviously the tower's bent on the gay side. Mm-hmm. Do you get straight people that wander in because you're a bar and... We get everything. Yeah, we get everything. Trust me. <laughs> and it's funny, like, I'll, I'll stand in the corner and I see everything from from straight to gay to trans to old to young to so, everything in yeah, between. Every every ethnicity as well. Yep, you know, we yep. get a, the, the black community, the Asian community, you know, the Mexicans, Mexican. The... We get everything. So, I mean, it's it, it, it's kind of what, you know, what we've strived to provide, like a space for everyone to come together. And and that's kind of, I feel like we've been successful at that. Yeah. And it's very cool that you decided to name the club Vibes for the reasons you mentioned, which is Vibes bringing everybody together. And that's exactly what you're doing. Yep. Yep. And yeah, and that's exactly what it is. And, and you know, to your point, too, it's like we do host different events. Um, we do the, like the drag, the drag brunch, the first Sunday on the third Sunday, we do an R&B brunch, which targets a different type of crowd. And I think down the line, we'll be, we'll probably try to, you know, play with the reggaeton versus corrido brunch just to market the Mexicans and, and just a little bit of everything in between. And I, and that's, this kind of goes back to our concept and our beliefs. All right, cool. Well, why don't you tell us 
how people find you online, how they get hold of you, any details you want to give us about your business. We finally created our, our website. So if you guys do want to check us out, you want to purchase any any tickets to our events, it would be uh, www.vibeslounge.com. There you will find our food menu, our happy hour, our future events in which you could you know buy your tickets, reserve your tables. Uh, you're also we we do sell merch too. Uh, we sell hats. We sell fans and uh yeah t-shirts t-shirts as well and then we and also then we also have um pictures and videos of our uh, our past events from the tag branch to the rmb branch and it's vibes with a z right v-i-b-e-z v-i-b-e-z yeah. yeah i wanted to say tell people how to spell it because they'll do v-i-b-e-s <laughs> and they won't find you yeah so uh-huh. it's a v-i-b-e-z lounge l O-U-N-G-E dot. <laughs> Are you on yes, Facebook? For us and Instagram? on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is probably the one that we interact with the most, uh, which is vibeslounge.tower. So V-I-B-E-Z-L-O-U-N-G-E dot tower T-O-W-E-R. And do you do the knock knock or as Kaylee described it, the TikTok or Oh, yeah. not only yet. Kaylee had to call the TikTok, apparently. <laughs> We're just... too old for that. <laughs> we'll get there me eventually. Too, me too. Come on, we just got our website up. I know. That took us a while. That took us two years. <laughs> well, Juan, Gabby, thank you so much for talking to us. And I can't wait to attend more events at your fabulous location and drink delicious drinks and uh free beer and and my husband and i will come in at pride and have a drink yes thank you so much for for inviting us to to join your show all right well that was a great interview with juan and gabby from vibes you know i think it's interesting that it's not they don't classify themselves as a gay club kaylee you've been there a few times would do you think people consider it a gay club well, it's interesting because I'm always there with a queer kickball group. So yeah, like our, and in Saturday afternoons, we're kind of mainly who's there, but I w- have gone and other times with my other friends just for brunch or, or for a drink. And the, the, the vibe is definitely relaxed, definitely, but the the clientele is definitely more diverse than I had originally thought until we did this interview. I thought it was a gay bar. Um, but I now that I'm thinking about it, there was, I think, like a bridal shower or a bachelorette or some kind. There was some kind of big family dinner, not dinner, but family event at one point with lots of people and food. And there were presents and all kinds of people getting turned, I think, is how the kids say it. Anyways, <laughs> um, there was a lot of stuff going on one day when we were there. So, yeah, it, it is interesting. I, I have to applaud the idea of you know, we're not going to label ourselves a certain way. Although I, I, like you said in the interview, I think we're a long ways away from everybody just being everything. And, and, and I, I mean, this is maybe, maybe this is a, a lukewarm take. So forgive me, but I know we all want to live in a world where we all want to live in a world where it doesn't matter that we're different, but I don't want to live in a world where nobody's different. Does that make right. sense? So I, I think it makes sense, especially with what's going on right now. You know, we we're we're being pounded every day from different factions across the country, and um, you know, and our rights are in the balance in a lot of ways. So 
I get what you're saying. People use, you know, for people who don't know, I worked in a nightclub, a gay club for many, many years. And I've worked in more than one. Um, and, and primarily as a DJ. Um, and, you know, I'm a little older. So I remember when gay bars were the only place we could go. And now I hear all the time, you know, why do we need gay bars? We don't know. Why do we need queer spaces? Because we can go anywhere, which is in California anyway, fairly true. You can go anywhere. But um, I think now we're kind of drifting back to a place where people are going to appreciate queer spaces much more. But I'm with you. I, I, I like that they said, you know, it's not necessarily a, a queer space, even though they're queer. Um, I had heard when Vibes first opened that I was told, oh, it's queer owned. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that because I didn't it didn't appear to me from the outside as being a, a queer space. But um, that's what they were after. And I think that's totally legit. I'm going to just be the like Debbie Downer for a second here. Um, <clears throat> there's only, I think, six lesbian bars left in the country. <laughs> Something True, ridiculous yeah. like this. It would be really cool if this was a lesbian bar. Like, I mean, it would yeah. be cool if there was a lesbian bar somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's fine. They have to make their business and they have to do what's right for them. And again, the food is good. The, the vibe is good. They are wonderful people. And do they have dancing there? I have not seen dancing, but I've never been there in the evening. I have to, okay. I mean, I've always been there in the afternoon and then sitting out on the patio. I last year at pride, we went there for food and we ate, but it was like before we went to splash for some of the shows. Right. So we okay. were like eating and drinking. And one of the things that they do is they do a lot of specialty cocktails with like fancy names and you know, funny things inside them and, and whatnot. So there's a lot of themed cocktails going on. So, I mean, it's a good time. It's always a good time. And I've said it in the interview, the mini chimneys are my favorite, but. And it's cool that they're right there in line with Fab and with Splash. So that's kind of a, even though they're not designated as a queer space, I think everybody pretty much in our community anyway, looks at it as a, at least a friendly space. So we have those three right there in a row, which is really cool. Like we used to have over here with the circle and Bam Bams and yeah. dance. Yeah, that was always nice to have. It's it's just interesting, like how the vernacular has changed because there's like the safe place, then there's like the friendly place, and then there's like just a place that maybe is and maybe isn't, and you don't know what you're going to get when you go in. And I feel like, you know what I mean? A lot of places are kind of on that spectrum. And so it it is interesting to me when you're when you're trying to figure out where to go and not just with bars, but like you said, you know, people say, oh, well, why do we need gay bars? We can go anywhere. And maybe that's true in some places, but it's definitely not true everywhere. No. And I don't know. Are you familiar with the concept of the third place? It's the it's a sociological con uh, concept that says you have your home and you have your work and then you need a third place. This is like where your socialization happens. This is where you're not not at home with your family and you're not at work making your living, but this is like your third place. And for some people, it's, you know, it's the beach. You know, if you if when I lived in Santa Cruz, it was the beach. You know, everybody went to the beach all the time. And that's, you know, or, you know, in in different places, it's the gay bar or it's the library or it's your game store or, you know, it's your third yeah. place. And in Friends, the television show, it was the coffee shop just to put this into, you know, a, a visual for people. And so I think that when we have queer spaces as our third places, that can be really useful for people. And it doesn't have to be a bar but it's nice when it is because we're some of us like to have our adult beverages, but it's, it's good when those third places are not just 
friendly but are also safe I, is, is right, my, right. Yeah. yeah and I, I and I I say this in one of the other interviews that we have coming up when we went to the Castro recently uh, it's it's just it's just welcoming it's just you feel like you're with community and that's how gay bars were for so many of us for so many years of to- once you go through that door total safety so um I, lo- I love the new queer spaces that are maybe queer maybe a conglomeration of queer um i know that's where we're headed um so i think it's all good yeah it's just a definitely interesting evolution but yeah. speaking of a place that is another non-specific queer place that is a queer friendly place do you want to give the lead in for our next interview yeah so the other place we're going to talk to that uh, also does a drag brunch is uh, fresno breakfast house and we're going to talk to simone and fresno breakfast house is interesting because you'll hear simone talk about it it was a it's a family business that they decided to do the drag brunch which is the reason we really wanted to talk to them because there's so much going on across the country that's you know prohibitive of drag brunches now so we wanted to hear her take so here's our interview with simone with fresno breakfast house so how about if we start off by you telling us who you are and what you do and where you do it? All right. Uh, well, my name is Simone Talawi, and I'm the owner of Fresno Breakfast House. My family, we've owned and operated the restaurant since uh, my dad, well, actually my parents started it in 1999. So almost 24 years now, we do breakfast and lunch. We have a full bar that's attached to the restaurant, um, a banquet hall, which is where we hold our drag brunches. Um, and then we also do offset catering. It's like a little four in one and we do different things out of one location. So it works out for us, kind of diversified our business a little bit. And I work there with my sister and my brother as well. So you used to have two locations, right? But now you're just at the one Bullard and West location. Is that correct? Yes. Our yeah. original location was first in Ashland. And then two years later, we opened the one on Bullard and West. But the Ashland location, we closed that quite a few years ago. Now we just have everything focused on the Bullard and West location, which I, I feel like it's a nicer location because of the big windows and we have a, a patio with a fountain. So it's a really, really um, lovely location. Yeah, the, the location at Fir- Ashland and First was the very first restaurant I went to when I moved to Fresno. And oh, really? It, yeah, and we were so welcomed and it was such a wonderful experience. We used to go every weekend and it was like our spot and then it it moved and we then we went to the other location. And yes, a big fan of the restaurant for sure. Thank you. I love that. That is so cool. I love hearing, you know, when people say, oh, yeah, like we used to go to the one on Ashland and even before that, my parents, my, my dad's always been in the restaurant industry and my, uh, my parents used to run a BJ's country kitchen on first and olive, um, oh. before that. So it's, we've even had customers that had followed us since, since that point. And that was even before I was born. Wow. Um, so <laughs> there was a, a, a story my mom tells she was waitressing and had me in one of those baby carriers, like strapped to her chest. And I mean, this is back in like the nineties. So it was a little bit different. And she, you know, she walked around and poured coffee and everybody was like ooing and awing over the baby, which was me. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I've been doing this my whole life. <laughs> That's awesome. So obviously the restaurant is a Fresno institution at this point, but how long have you been doing the drag brunches? So we started the drag brunches in 2019. I believe we had done two of them before the pandemic hit in March, 2020, we had one scheduled and we unfortunately had to postpone that, like everything else that was going on at that time. And we brought it, we ended up bringing it back um, and we've been doing it since. 
I really, really enjoyed hosting them and the relationship that I have with Leilani, like it's just been very fun and he's great to work with. I've just had such a, such a good experience working alongside the Queens and it's a different crowd and a different vibe every show. So you kind of never really know what, how it's going to go or like what the vibe's going to be. But some shows we, we know most of the people and then there's other shows where it's completely all new faces. We've had shows where it's a lot of like younger people. We've had shows where it's a lot of people that are over like 40 and 50. It's just, you never know. So it's really, it's been fun. And I love watching the customers and the guests that are attending with their reactions and me watching them have fun is, is fun for me. Are they usually all ages, um, brunches, drag brunches, or are they more 21 and over? We have, our shows are 21 and over, but the reason for that is because first of all, we, we do serve alcohol at the shows and they have, you have an option, you know, if you want to do the bottomless mimosas. And secondly, the, the humor can be uh, definitely adult themed and a little bit sexual, but it's, you know, all in good fun, but not, that is in no way because I feel that dragon is inherently sexualized. So I just want to make that clear because I know that there's been some things in the news lately and things that are making their way into the legislature. And I think that people definitely can have a skewed perception of what drag is. You know, our shows are 21 and up because of the way our shows happen. <laughs> so I remember one of the, the show I went to there, I'm trying to remember the theme, but it was more religious based because you guys had had some complaints from your regular customers that are religious about the drag shows. I remember that somebody was dressed up as Jesus and a couple other things going on and I think somebody had the Ten Commandments, so they were kind of pushing back against what you guys had been facing from your regular customers, I'm assuming, and not just the community in general. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, I think the show that you're talking about was our Sunday service. Right. People love to become advocates in the name of religion, but there's two sides to that coin. For us, it was kind of a way to stick by what we believed. And kind of an outlet for us to say, hey, like we, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. I was raised in a very strict, very conservative upbringing. And over the years, my family has now made its way out of those beliefs and toward more of like middle ground. And that really transformed my family in ways and transformed my life in ways because um, you're, you're raised around something and you don't. It, it, it was kind of like I was always fighting to figure out what, what's what's the path that I need to be on. So for me, I feel like I had kind of been on this this journey to try to find myself and find my place in religion and spirituality and all of these things that this path I was led down was very like a very judgmental and very black and white. And there's a lot of gray areas in life. And that wasn't something that I was really taught from a young age. And I had to discover that as an adult. So for me, this was a way for me to kind of I guess, like, give it to the man, stick it to the man, if you want to say, um, because I was just flabbergasted at the amount of, there's so much comfortability for people to just say what they want and just spew this, like, negativity and hatred, and they don't, they're not willing to have a conversation with you, they are not open to even the idea that they don't have to agree with everything that's going on in a place of business, and I've, I just, I, I even had somebody mail an anonymous letter. They like hand wrote the letter on like steno paper and stuffed it in an envelope and 
put a stamp on it and dropped it in the mailbox. And at no point did they like second guess, like maybe I shouldn't, maybe there's a different way to approach this situation, you know, but then didn't bother to sign their name to it. And for me, that's just, I just, it was very cowardice to me. It was was very cowardly way to go about it. Um, And just to clarify as well, you know, we're not having drag queens come in on a Sunday morning after people are getting out of church and parading up and down the dining hall of the restaurant. You know, our shows are done separately. They're done in private area, private space, mainly because, you know, if you're going to watch these queens, you're going to tip. And if you want to come in, you're going to pay for the ticket. <laughs> so uh, for, for people to have this kind of like outrage over it, it just didn't. I mean, there's I can I can go down, drive down the street right now and see, you know, 10 things that I don't necessarily agree with. But there could be there's always a way to have a dialogue about it. And I did try to attempt that at first to try to kind of like reason with people or maybe, hey, like there's another way to look at this. But some of the things that I got back really kind of like made me take a step back because it was such an aggressive way to approach the topics. And then it starts kind of getting compared to, well, if you're going to be accepting of all these different, you know, walks of life, well, what about like a KKK member or a child molester? And I'm like, this is, who would even go there? To me, it just, I... I, I had no. Well, words. you know, um, and we and I, I attended a protest at the at the Savior's Church in in December with the Proud Boys, and they called every one of us pedophiles. That's just the first place they go to. You're pedophiles and you're murderers and KKK and all this stuff. It's amazing how that is the first place they go. So, did you lose customers over this? You know, I I'm sure there was a, probably a handful, but it it really is funny because I at first I I'd never. Like to me, it was an eye opener because, you know, I've experienced upset customers and things like that, but I've never had somebody, I guess, disagree with like giving other people an opportunity to like have a platform for what they believe in and say, that's why we're not coming back. So it just hit me a little bit different. And to understand like, this is what the LGBTQ community goes through on a daily basis. Like I told Leilani, I said, I don't like, I just want to say on behalf of, you know, everyone, like, I'm sorry that this takes place. You know, we always hear about it, but once, unless you've experienced it, and I mean, obviously, if you're not someone who is LGBTQ, like, you're not going to experience that. So for me, it was an eye-opener that way. But we have basically, like, a database where people want to sign up for a rewards program. We collect their emails, addresses, things like that. That's how we communicate with our customers. So it always really kind of was funny to me that the people that made the loudest noise I could go back and look and see, you know, when's the last time they visited the restaurant or, you know, do they actually frequently come here? And some of them, they haven't responded to an email or a piece of mail that's been sent to them for a good two to three years. But all of a sudden now they have something to say. So it's always the loudest people that, you know, and I haven't had any of my regular customers that I know by name face to face have issues with the way I run my business. In fact, it's been quite the opposite. So that really actually made me feel good. And, you know, it, it That's great. it's one thing to know that you're doing the right thing. But when other people around you notice that you're doing the right thing, you know, it just kind of solidifies that. So right. I'm, right. I'm grateful for that. So do you have any uh, drag brunches or anything for Pride on the calendar for the next couple months? You know, we don't have anything for Pride, but our next show is going to be July 30th. And we have another one in September. Yeah, July 30th and September 17th are our next shows. So we're really excited for those. I don't know what the theme is going to be yet for July, but I'm sure I'll be finding out here in probably the next week or so. And we should be live for ticket sales for the July show um, as of Monday. 
and tell us, tell the audience how you get a ticket and what they include and all that. So you can find tickets uh, for purchase on our website at fresnobreakfasthouse.com. Every ticket purchase includes a guaranteed seat and access to the um, brunch buffet. You get bottomless mimosas. And then we do have a bar set up in the room if you wanted to buy like a breakfast shot or another different type of cocktail. We have raffle prizes that we sell tickets for that. Um, And there's at least like probably like anywhere from eight to 10 different prizes. And they're all really good prizes. You know, just kind of uh, some gift cards for some local spots. I mean, we've we've raffled off a TV, speaker, gift baskets, a lot of fun, fun, cool stuff. Doors open at 1030 for VIP. And then the show starts at noon and breakfast is at 11. Cool. So it's always a good time. And people, we have people that have been to multiple shows and they love it. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah, it was a, it was a good time. I, and bring a lot of dollars so you can tip. Yes. <laughs> Tip the queens. Or for Leilani, bring a five or a 20. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> or a hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, has she gotten a hundred? You know, that's a good question. I don't, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> now she's, now she's going to expect it though. <laughs> All right, Simone. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. We really appreciate your support of the community. I really appreciate the things you said about if you're not LGBTQ, you don't know what that's like, because I think that's one of the biggest things we have to conquer in this country is, yeah, you may not be part of our community and you may not know directly what we go through, but if you if you find out, you realize what we're up against every day. And you guys are some of the people that are helping make that better. So we really appreciate it. Of course, you know, it's it's all about perspective. And I know that sometimes people, unless, unless like, like we were saying, unless you're in it and you've experienced it, it's kind of hard. And just one other kind of little anecdote that maybe you guys might want to hear my, so my dad is from Jordan. He came here to the States when he was just before he turned 18. Um, and he's been here ever since. So he was raised in a very like conservative background as well, um, being from a Muslim community and culture. So he was always, like I said, it's that like that mindset of like these stereotypes of how the LGBTQ community thought process works. And, and my dad and I had had a lot of conversations prior to agreeing to do the, the drag brunches. Um, and I feel like in a lot of these discussions and with going through our um, religious kind of separating from that religious background with with his childhood and with my childhood, We've had a lot of discussions and one time we're talking about something and I, I just said, you know, the best way I could compare it to you is let's say that you're trying to rent an apartment and someone decides like they're not going to rent to you because you're from the Middle East because you're Arab. And it was like a light went off in his head and he was like, you know what? He's like, I understand now. It's, it's just people don't realize the amount of discrimination that happens just because of this thing that is your way of life that you can't change, you know? So I think just having more of those open discussions and those conversations, I'm more than happy to have those any way I can. I just hope that, you know, my, my little drag brunch over here has a positive effect in, in Northwest Fresno. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Thank you so much. So tell the people you have a website, fresnobreakfasthouse.com, but are you also on social media? Do you have a Facebook an Instagram, a Twitter, uh, anything else? We do have a Facebook page and we do have an Instagram page. So please go on there, follow, like, tag us. And anytime that we drop a new flyer and uh, drop new tickets for the shows, that's where you can find that information as well. Great. Thank you so much. And I, for one, can't wait to come and, and see a drag show in July or in September. <laughs> we'll have to yeah, see. we'll be there. Thanks. Simone. Thank you so much. 
That was a great interview. I love the fact that the Fresno Breakfast House has been this Fresno institution for a really long time and that they are not a queer place or, you know, in any way, shape or form, you know, really, you would never look at this place and go, oh, yeah, queer. Um, But they decided that they wanted to serve the community and there was no legitimate reason not to serve the community. I, I really liked what she said especially about until you've experienced it, you can't understand it. I that that was really interesting. To yeah, me. that was very touching. I love the fact that she said I love the other part where she's talking to her father about it and she compares. How would you feel in this situation? And he kind of got it. Um, Fresno Breakfast House is in a strip mall in Fresno. Totally like any other strip mall anywhere. It's a restaurant like any other restaurant anywhere. No gay vibes whatsoever and unless the drag brunch is going on and then there's, there's a few gay vibes yeah i went to one there and it was a lot of fun um you pay a price to get in you get brunch you get uh, a good show you get cocktails and you get um to mingle with everybody so you, everybody knows i'm sure what's going on across the country right now where they are literally banning drag performances either classifying them as adult cabaret performances which limits them just by doing that or banning them outright, um, you know, before a certain hour of the day, and certainly banning them in any space where children might be present. In in Florida, they've had two or three Pride events cancel because they were outside and the, they were afraid the businesses were going to be uh, damaged or, or or fined because there would be drag performers on the streets where children might be. It's getting that serious. And I know we all think Florida, Texas, whatever, but it's coming here. It's 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 on its way across the country. And we're going to be part of that. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> it's so horrible. I mean, it's horrible <laughs> because it's it, we've been through all this. That's the thing. We've been mm-hmm. through all this. We came through the fire. We got our rights, mostly. Um, and especially in California, we're very protected. So uh, most of us thought this is a done deal. You know, yeah. marriage is legal and civil rights are legal and gender care is legal and all this stuff. And we thought this was over. And now it's rising up again because and this is all this is my opinion, all because Trump was in office and he let the crazies out of the loony bin. And now they are out and they are determined to come after us. Um I was seeing horrible stuff on Facebook just today about um, the recent controversy with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence being banned from the L.A. Dodgers game and then reinstated. And people are losing their minds. There was one I saw today, which was I I don't know if it was Disneyland or Disney World, but it was a uh, worker, a performer at the park who was standing in the doorway of a shop. And it was obviously a man, mustache, but dressed in female garb, saying, and he was calling himself a um, a female, a fairy tale assistant, fairy assistant or something like that. Um, and obviously that in the shop, the kids would go get, um, you know, magical knickknacks and stuff. And people were losing their minds. And Disney had put this person in place. Um The discrimination, I I also was going back and forth with a friend on Facebook today about, you know, how the corporations are now backing down almost immediately in some cases. as The Target? Yeah, Yeah. I was going to ask you about the Target if you've been following it. That is so critical that the corporations that not just corporations like Target that have stood behind us for many, many years, um, but 
um, Starbucks and the Dodgers and um, I saw Chick-fil-A today hired a diversity person and people are <laughs> losing their minds over that. But the, if, if these corporations start backing down from us, Anheuser-Busch, Target, all these, then we are in huge amount of trouble because we have always had the backing of corporate people. Well, at least in recent years, we've had the backing of corporate people, which gives validity when people come after us, the corporations have said to leave them alone. There's nothing wrong with these people. And now they're kind of going, oh, OK, maybe we want to take that stuff off the shelf, which is throwing gasoline on the fire. So, yeah, I think it really comes down in some ways to, well, a couple things. One, you you definitely in order to whip your base into a fr frothy frenzy go to the polls and actually vote is in you have to scare people and make them really mad. And religion is one of the ways that they do that. And a lot of this stuff is rooted in patriarchal religious bullshit. So there's right. that. And then the other part of it is that I think that the concept of queer people and gay people have been kind of regulated to that quote unquote woke mob mentality that's just over there and people are forgetting that it's everywhere and it's pervasive and it's all over the place and so you know what works in this country is money and i think that we have we have our our power in in how we spend our money and it's twofold it's not just boycotting places that you that you know okay i'm never going to go to chick-fil-a i'm never going to go to hobby lobby but it's making sure that I do spend my money in places that do support me. That's like finding LGBT owned businesses to buy my pride merch instead of maybe Amazon, et cetera, or, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I think that it's, it's both things. And I think that we have gotten a little complacent in just buying our stuff on Amazon, getting our stuff from this place, that place, and not really thinking about it too much. And it is, it is, it's exhausting to have to think about, well, you know, is this co corporation good for the environment? Are they good for black people? Are they good for queer people? Are they good for women? Are they good for the, it is exhausting. I'm not, diminishing that but i think we need to put the work in and make sure that we vote with our wallets in in a lot of places so yeah and that's... let's remember too that even for every controversy or issue that we know of such as people getting upset about pride merch at target companies are companies and there are lots of other issues behind the scenes that are never talked about like you know, where our iPhones are put together and if there's children putting them together and we all have iPhones, et cetera. So there's lots of stuff out there we don't know. I personally am not a boycott person. I never have been. I don't think it's very productive. And when I said that in the past, people have challenged me and I want to clarify, I don't think me personally boycotting Chick-fil-A or whatever, I don't go there, but I, I don't know that I have any power. I think the conversation has a lot of power um, because then it's picked up by everybody. The media talks about it. The companies hear it. Well, um, even outside of that, the conversation. So if you're in a car with somebody that you don't know very well and you're like, I'm hungry, let's get lunch. And they're like, hey, let's go to Chick-fil-A. And you say, I don't go there. And they say, why? And you say, because blah, 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 blah. That conversation and then you guys don't go there. Like, I think that those are the smaller things. And then the next time that person goes there, they might not go there and they might make a different choice. So I think- I personally am with you. I don't know how much, unless it's a lot of people doing a lot of big actions. I think that there is, there's, there's two ways of, of, 
of affecting things. And one is those little tiny drops. Was that Chinese water torture? I don't know if it's PC to say Chinese water torture anymore, <laughs> honestly. But you know what I mean? Like the little drip drop, a, a death by a yeah. thousand paper cuts basically is the idea. Just and water so, torture. They still do it torture. in the military. Yeah, yeah, they probably do it here. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Anyway, I, I love what you said, because it, as an example, the company I work for, um, they buy us lunches from time to time for various things, whether we're having a meeting or whether they just want to give us lunch, whatever. So this was a couple of years ago. They bought Chick-fil-A for lunch. And I'm like, OK, I, you know, it's not going to make any sense for me to boycott this because they've already bought the food and it's not going to affect Chick-fil-A's bottom line. But I felt like I had to make a stand. And there were a couple of others uh, at the uh, at my workplace that did the same. And they're not even. Uh, LGBTQ. Um, so we refused the meal. Um, and then I'm walking around later and my boss is standing over there with some leftover meals. And I said, I just wanted to tell you why I refused the meal. And 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 she was like, no, no, it's okay. It's, you're not under any obligation. I said, no, it's important that I tell you why. And I did. Mm -hmm. And she had no idea about the Chick-fil-A LGBT controversy. Yeah. Um, and then about a year later, they had lunch again, and they it was Chick-fil-A. And my immediate boss came to me beforehand and said, you know, I, I, I know how you feel about this. Can we get you something else? Um, so those kinds of things do make a difference, those little things, because they had no idea mm -hmm. about Chick-fil-A. And I had when I was talking to this about other people, they would ask me, what's the deal with Chick-fil-A? And I would tell them. So those I, those things, I think, the same way that coming out to a, a family member or a friend is important because the more they know us, the less they hate us. So the more you inform people in your small circle, whatever that circle is, this is the reason that this is important to our community. Then I think the message spreads. For sure. For sure. And speaking of wanting to support the LGBT owned businesses and places to put your money, what a great segue into our third interview, which is with Corey, who runs a marketing uh, company. And well, she's going to tell you all about what she does for the community in this little interview right here. All right. All right. So Corey Madrid, tell us about who you are and what your business is. So I am a lesbian business owner who has owned Central Star Marketing for 17 years, and we are located in Fresno. We do tons and tons of things in-house. We do screen printing, embroidery, large format printing, banners, promotional products, anything that you want to put a logo, a brand, a team, anything and everything. If you can think about it, we can do it. I've been doing that for 17 years, grew it from the ground up and just a small business located, you know, basically in Fresno. Cool. And where are you located now, Corey? Because I know you used to be over there off Weber or where was it? Yeah. So I'm located off of Clinton and 99. It's on Pleasant Avenue, across the street from Jay's Alarm, right behind Golden Palace. So 17 years ago, that was a very different landscape. Were you out lesbian-owned business 17 years ago, or has that kind of come with time as things have changed? Um, No, I think I've, I've always, I mean, I've been out basically since I was 15. I have, you know, at 21 is when I started my business. So I basically 
like I said, uh, grew my business from the ground up. So I started it with a clothing line company that didn't take off very well because it takes a lot of money. And a 21 year old, you don't have a lot of money. <laughs> so I actually started taking on clientele, learned how to do graphic design, never went for any schooling or anything, and um, just started building up, you know, pieces of equipment. People would come to me and ask for me to do a few things and then go from there. Now, if I remember right, Corey, didn't you start this out of your garage? Yes, I did. I did screen printing out of my garage. I did everything. I worked a full-time job um, when I first started for about six months. And then my job actually sent me home to start doing graphic work for them. And I knew this was kind of more of a passion than I had thought. And it, it allows me to be very creative. And I really am very passionate about what I do because it's a different lingo. It's a different uh, kind of uh, world. You know, everybody who has different jobs and such, they specialize in that. And I do specialize in this and I make it, I try to make it not only just a one-stop shop, but very easy for you to understand because it's an ever-changing environment as far as marketing goes with, you know, websites, digital and everything. You can, you can go throw a Google search and get, you know, 5,000 hits on it, but it doesn't mean that you're going to get one, the best quality of product and two, the customer service that, you know, I'm able to provide because I have been in the business a while and just networking and things like that, you know, so I do have a lot of, I started out with just doing mom and pops because that's where my target market was, is I wanted to help build small businesses and I've grown and now I work with corporates, but my heart and desire is helping small businesses or new businesses grow because marketing is a huge point to help your business grow. But I'm also, you know, I, I understand bootstrapping things as well. So most of the time, the first question I ask my, my clientele is, you know, what's your target market and what's your budget that you're working with? Because I could show you, you know, a hundred different things, but it doesn't mean it's going to be in your ballpark. And it doesn't mean that it's going to hit the clientele that you actually want to present to. So what's the weirdest thing you've ever put a logo on? Underwear. <laughs> uh, and can you right tell us it. can you tell us what it who it was i'm very curious now um we'll just we'll just we'll just say it was for pride it was for pride <laughs> events <laughs> so so yeah uh we we did do some uh custom underwear yeah we actually get uh, quite a few requests uh for those for go-go dancers and such so we'll just leave if that. it was pride it could be just about anybody yes for <laughs> right. sure for sure <laughs> So, Corey, one of the reasons we want to talk to people about gay LGBTQ plus owned businesses is to listen to what challenges you face. So you were very young when you started out. You said you've been out since before that. Did you face challenges as a lesbian woman in a field that, let's face it, is pretty straight dominated? I wouldn't say I personally don't feel that, you know, I'm sure that there are, but you know, in time, you just don't realize things. I would say I have a lot more challenges being a male dominated industry than, you know, than, than, you know, cause I'm, I deal with just men all the time, you know, and, it, and it's just, it's, it's hard. It's a hard job too. You know, it's not just sit behind a computer and, and make things look pretty. I do do everything in my business as well. Um, I do have two employees, but I will get in there and I will screen print and I will get in there and I do the embroidery and put the large signs together, you know, so it is a physically demanding, you know, job as far as like, I would say more it's because I'm a female, but with my years experience and such, and I, you know, to be honest with you, I've been blessed with all my clientele. I don't, I, I get new clientele, don't get me wrong, but I've had clients since the day that I've started. They've just become a part of an extended family and such, you know, their kids growing up doing sports teams and, you know, such with that. 
being able to, you know, watch their kids grow and stuff. And so a lot of my clients I've had for 10, 12 years or plus, you know, so as far as I like to say, stay small, because it still gives everybody who comes into my business, they deal with me directly. I I still touch and everything with every part of my jobs. So I do all the ordering, I do all the purchasing, you know, we have somebody that does graphics and somebody that does more of the production end of things, but I am the face of my business. So I probably would have those things, you know, happen to me early on, but I, I really didn't notice. I was just young, you know, and it was more just a male dominated field. And now, you know, I really don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm open and honest with my clientele, you know, and, and, and I will be the first to say, you know, because I do have clients that there are competitors out there, obviously, or they've had a print job done somewhere else. And I say, Hey, you know, let me know your price. I'm not trying to undercut them or anything. If you have a great relationship with them and they do your screen printing, perfect, but they don't offer embroidery. I'm not going to steal you as a client. I'm not like that as a person, but I always tell them like, Hey, if you're getting the best deal, I'm going to let you know, like, dang, that's a good deal. Like give me their number, you know? type of a thing. I always try to uh, pride myself on that. Like, you know, not going after clientele because we all kind of know each other. We've all been, been in the business for a long time. There's enough, you know, business to go around. Fresno is a very, very large town. Um, I do stuff. I just uh, sent some stuff out to, to Texas. You know, I do, I have clients all over the place that have met me in one way or another. And I've done pride shirts for the last few years. I've helped with programs. There's the kickball league that I'm helping with do some of their uniforms and stuff. So I'm always looking for a sponsorship, you know, to try to help the community in any way possible, you know, try to try to give back as much as I can. All right, Kaylee. So kickball came up again and I did not have a shot in front of me. I'm not the one who brought it up this time. So (laughs) no, but still, I thought we could do shots anytime we said anytime kickball comes up. Yeah, Corey, I Um, don't know because I'm not the one in charge of my team. If you're the one who did our top do you know if you did the sapphic mafia tank i did okay I did. i've done them the last two years so yeah. then let's two shots i've missed two let shots me say I've it missed. this way then our graphics are our our shirts are amazing we had shirts last season and now we have tanks and they're awesome and i love them yeah so and, much and did you get the the jacket that they did as well so the zip ups the, and the zips hoodies? yep i have yeah. the hoodie in fact when we yeah. went to santa cruz we all wore our hoodies and we have these great pictures of you know seven eight of us walking down the street wearing our matching hoodies it's freaking phenomenal so. uh, pink ladies right or something like that so Corey, <laughs> my husband james and i just started doing color commentary for the kickball we'll do shots post when we yes, record this. yes for the kickball tournament so maybe we need t-shirts for that i'll talk to you about that yeah, sure. <laughs> absolutely Wonderful. So I just have a general question about the business itself. You you referenced how people can just go onto Google and grab an image or whatever, but they're not going to get the best quality. How do you deal with the copyright issue if somebody comes in and they're like, "Here's a picture or a you know a stick figure or a drawing, and I want this on cups and and lanyards and blah 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 blah." Like, how do you make sure that it's not copywritten or you know what I mean? Like, how how do you deal with that? Well, as far as like a copyright issue, I don't do anything that is. NFL, Disney, you know, something that is a high profile type of a thing. But you know, we always make our own tweaks and suggestions to it because a copyright is only good for and what 
a 20 to 25% tweak to it. So we always add something on top of it. And most of the time it's for something that's, you know, it's, it's a, a little league or something. It's kind of like a one-off job. We're not, we're not mass producing for somebody to duplicate, you know, a, a big, huge name brand or something. Mm-hmm. Most of the time what I do when somebody does want something like that, I'm, we're able to give them suggestions uh, with our in-house graphics to, to give them like, okay, give them suggestions about, okay, well, you know, again, target market? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to uh, achieve by doing this? Or are you just trying to do a one-off shirt? Corey, can you tell us how people can find you? Do you have a website, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera? Yes. So I have an Instagram. It's Central Star Marketing, as well as a website, which is just centralstarmarketing.com. They can reach out on either the Instagram. I'm typically not on Facebook, but we do have a Facebook. So I do check my messages there often. Again, Central Star Marketing. Wonderful. Great. And we will put all those links into our show notes and keep up the good work being an amazing lesbian-owned business that does amazing tank tops if I do say so myself so. and just keep mentioning kickball anytime we talk yeah. to her, I get, I get you got tequila it. every time we do it <laughs> awesome sounds good thank right. you so Thanks, much for guys. your time okay good thank night. you all right bye-bye. bye-bye all right that was Corey with Central Star Marketing and I've used Corey uh, many times in the in the past few years to do things when we had the nonprofit. and for other things so uh, she does a great job yeah definitely and as you heard she does the kickball tanks that if you are listening to this before pride uh here in fresno you will see us all marching in our Corey tanks and t-shirts and if you're listening to this after pride that's that's fine um but if you go back and see pictures of pride you'll see us in our Corey tanks um, and she's gonna do um a queer thing baseball caps for us if i ever get off my ass and get get her those baseball caps because she will do you can buy the the t-shirt i think she does what t-shirts do you can buy the stuff you know, somewhere else and take her the product and she'll do the uh, embroidery, not embroidery. What do they call it? Silk screening or whatever she does. Yeah. Screen printing. Yeah. Yeah. She'll also sell you the stuff, but you can also buy it, you know, somewhere else and take it to her. Yep. Yep. So very cool. And And a very cool LGBT owned business right here in Fresno. And we're very... Glad and we want to we want to cover these more and more. So if anyone out there has a, an LGBTQ owned business that you think we should interview and talk about, we're happy to do so. Just email us at it's a queer thing, T-H-A-N-G at gmail.com. OK, so on the episodes that we do that we don't record live on the radio, we get to get a little bit more naughty with our voice, with our words. And I have Life's getting naughty. I have a new term for you. For me? <laughs> yes, I have a. Oh, I, you mean a term that I don't know? Okay. I, I don't know. That? Maybe you Besides know. Besides turnt, I knew that one. Can you spell turnt, by the way? I think it's T U R N T. I think you have to say turnt. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I'm okay. asking you. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you might know this one. No judgment, right. by the way. If you know it, I'm not going to judge. But I did not know it. I had to. I had to be told. So, do you know what the code is if someone says that they? Like to go to Applebee's. Like to go to Applebee's. Especially well, I would... if it's like on a dating profile. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, I have a dog. Oh, so it's a sexual blah, blah, blah. thing. It's not just going somewhere where the food is subpar. Okay. Um, I don't know what that means. And I'm kind of afraid to find out what that means. I can't <laughs> even. Is, is it a more a gay man or a gay woman or? Uh, it's not queer at all, really. It's oh, just it's okay. just sexual. So it is. Um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Applebee's. Applebee's. 
Well, it's round and it's got four <laughs> and no. Okay. I have no idea what. Eating good in the neighborhood. No. Okay. That's right. <laughs> it, it apparently means that you are down for unprotected sex in public places. Oh my God. How does that relate to Applebee's? I guess people would go behind the Applebee's or near the Applebee's Applebee's parking lots. I'm not oh, sure. So it's more direct than metaphorical. I was thinking maybe it's just is some metaphoric thing about Applebee's itself, but being gay in an Applebee's, I don't know. Yeah. Well, so it's unprotected sex in public. Yeah. Is that what but, you said? Yes. Okay. Well, I've been there and I never called it Applebee's. Let me tell you that. So. <laughs> well, if you see it on a dating profile, don't get excited for the, you know, eating good in the neighborhood unless you really want to i think that just ruins it applebee's like, <laughs> if, you ever, if you've ever been to Folsom street fair which is actually where i met my husband james which is a hardcore um leather fest in san francisco it's been around forever um there are just people families like a husband and a wife with a little kid in a stroller going through while guys are having their balls electrocuted on a with wires at a table right next to you it's a really interesting experience we uh we are earning this rating today we are definitely earning this rating today. Well, it is Pride Month. It is. We're proud of our sexuality. Yes. And for those of you out there who've never had your genitals electrocuted in public, we're proud of your sexuality. Sometimes vanilla is just fine. Yeah, just... I didn't have my balls electrocuted, but I will tell you, I walked right sure. up to that table and watched someone do it because I was fascinated. I was like, are you kidding me? Uh... They, they attach little things like bat, like jumper cables to your balls and then they turn it on. I'm like, you people are crazy. That That is crazy. Okay, let me ask you. So, Chris, can you tell us a G, maybe P, maybe PG-13 rated story of, uh, of, of visiting Applebee's? Actually, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess I still don't get the term, the Applebee's term. It just makes me feel dirty just saying it. But, um, you know, gay people have a history of, gay men particularly, have a history of sex in public because there weren't always places for us to go and have sex. Um, and some people just like sex in public. So, yeah, I mean, a, year, a few years ago, I went to Russian River. Um, for whatever that weekend was, Russian River weekend, and it was happening all over the place. Um, I'm not really an outdoors kind of sex person. I mean, like, you know, a lot of my friends and gay people, men I know have done it in bathrooms. I've never done it in the bathroom. I was always afraid I'd get beat up if I was doing anything in a public bathroom or arrested or blah, 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 like Roding Park. There used to be people here who went to Roding Park bathrooms all the time until the cops start busting it. So yeah, I've had a couple of experiences here and there, but always generally in a gay set environment. I would never do it uh, somewhere that was primarily straight and I might get, you know, abused. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like, you know, as a bisexual woman, I definitely have a lot of uh, straight passing privilege. And especially if I'm hooking up with a man right and so i had an adventurous teenage years of teenage shenanigans but there i've never felt like in danger danger because that wasn't it was like about getting caught and then getting in trouble but not about getting caught and then getting hurt you know what i mean right. it's a very right. different thing and i like you know, we've talked about this and we talked about this earlier with our interview subjects, but, you know, until it happens to you, it's really hard to understand it. You know, 
I've been threatened because of my sexuality and I've been in an uncomfortable places, but I've never had the the kind of fear that I know, especially people of your generation. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know. bitch. You bitch. <laughs> okay. So if we drink every time. I talk about kickball. <laughs> what do we do every time I call you old? That was, I didn't even mean it. I was just trying to be. I know. It's just so natural for you. It just comes out <laughs> respectful of my elders. Fuck you. I know what you're doing. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, the slang, the slang. And I will just tell you, there was no, I don't, there wasn't Applebee's when I was a teenager. I mean, there probably was, but it wasn't in our area, but there was a Caro's. I wonder what that means. Getting I don't know. Caro's. I think you get fries with it, whatever that means. I don't know. (laughs) But like, you know, gay men, uh, you know, in the gym was a huge spot for gay men because, and I played around in a hot tub in in San Francisco at Gold's Gym. I mean, you know, it's just a thing in the gay community. But be careful out there. Don't get, you know, there's a lot of violent people out there, especially, I mean, there always have been, but now it's kind of amping up. So be very careful, people. Violence and STDs. So, yes. Yeah, that too. Not even to mention safe sex. Yeah. Be careful. Okay. Um, I'm trying really hard to think of a way to transition us to something else now. (laughs) Okay. So, I, because I can't think of a way to transition us, I'm just going to say transition. That's what I'm going to do from now on. Transition. So anyways, um, because you probably know, obviously, about Fresno's Pride event, which happens or is happening or has happened on June 3rd, depending on where you are in time and space. I just wanted to go over a couple other ones. New York City's Big Pride event is on June. It's on the 25th. So that's exciting. Um, it's the considered the biggest and because it's the oldest, longest uh, running Pride event in the United States. I think the biggest one in the world is Brazil, in Rio in Brazil, which is massive. And um, then, of course, San Francisco is also on the 25th. Um, of course, as you know, San Francisco is the gay capital of the U.S., as we all we all know. That. Yeah, San Francisco is always the third uh, or the last uh, weekend in June. Fresno Pride is always the first. Um, we used to share, we have shared it in times with LA and Sacramento. But the ones people that here you tend to go to are the Fresno, San Francisco, and LA. I've never actually been to LA Pride. I've been to San Francisco a few times. Um, and, you know, prepare yourself for San Francisco Pride Parade because it's like four hours long. There's a bunch of people from Fresno going to San Diego Pride this year. Yeah, I've never been to that one either. And I know people who go to Las Vegas Pride, which I think is at a different time of year. I think it's October or so. I just looked, I just noticed that Madrid, Spain Pride is in June. So I guess June is, you know, carried out throughout the world in some places. Yeah. And actually San Jose, where my hometown, they always do theirs in August so that you could go to San Francisco, which makes sense because you wouldn't want to compete. They're so close. You can go to San Francisco and Fresno and all the other places, Santa Cruz, et cetera. But August, Pride in, in uh, maybe, mm. maybe, maybe we should go, Chris, in August. We it's got nothing hot as hell in August. You know that, right? It's less hot in San Jose. Oh, that's true. That's true. Anyways. So uh, I just want to say to anybody out there in Fresno, Central Valley area, you know, I think it's important if you can to fly a big Pride flag in front of your house. Um, I started doing it about three years ago, three, four years ago. And we were like, the only ones doing it of maybe one of two last year there were six on our street 
wow. which I would consider a pretty conservative street. There's one already flying a couple houses down. I'm putting mine up right away. And I know it can be intimidating because your mailman's going to see it. Your plumber's going to see it. Your gardener's going to see it. Anybody coming over is going to see it. But this is how we let ourselves be known to the community and let people like our plumber and our gardener and whoever's coming over to deliver food know that we're here. Um, we're queer, you know, and it's important for that to happen because that's how things change. That's how people's attitudes change. Agreed. Agreed. And we would love to see pictures of your pride flag. We do have a TikTok. Chris calls it a knock knock. It's but a it, knock it, knock. But um, I'm going to be putting together a couple of little compilation videos uh, throughout the course of, of the Pride Month in June. And I would love to be able to sample some of our listeners' pictures of their flag. So you have a little flag. You have a big flag. You got a flag in front of your house. You're going to be at Pride waving your flag. Send those pictures in to It's a Queer Thang, T-H-A-N-G, at gmail.com. And look for those to be posted on our social media. You've got flag underwear you've got um but remember okay. no 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 tips nips or naughty bits because yeah no is... naughty bits just brush it out with the airbrush and let, I think send it my, over my daughter is making a pride parade with her legos apparently she was oh uh, cool that was something that's happening in the other room so i'm excited to we see we did what that, that a few like. years ago when we did the gay central valley calendar we did that with the uh, the real pride people yeah, yeah. She had and those little teeny tiny flags, they've all gotten destroyed at this point now. So she's having to remake little toothpick flags for her little Lego people. But good for her. Is she marching with you in the parade? She will be marching with me in the kickball because kickball is about all about family. So there will be a couple of kids and uh we'll be out there. So I hope all to right. see hope to see our listeners there. And that about sums up this episode. We will be back on the ninth with an episode about Ada Vox. So stay tuned for Ada that. Ada Vox, who is on America's Got Talent as we speak. And just so you guys all know, this whole month of June, we're going to have about eight episodes this month with, you know, drag performers from across the country. We were talking to people in Tennessee and Ada, and we're talking to people local. Um, we want to cover the backlash that's facing the drag community across the country and really start to talk about it. And we're going to have more of that in July, which I haven't even told Kaylee about. We have like six, <laughs> six more people that. There we go. Happy pride. Happy pride. Whoosh. 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 Yeah. Third place. I don't know that one. Yeah. I, uh, when, as soon as you said that, I'm like, isn't that where you don't let the kidnapper take you to the third place? <laughs> That's a third location. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Same thing. Uh <laughs>